This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Bruchem Abba'am. Welcome to tonight's Shir. We're continuing our series on Sefer Bamidbar. Even though sometimes the Shirim at first glance don't seem to be connected to the Parsha, but it always is very connected. Uh, so the Shirim on Sefer Bamidbar are generously sponsored by Dr. Zakheim Umeshpachta, Le'iloi Nishmas, Rav Shom Eliezer Ben Rav Yaakov Zakheim, and Le'iloi Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka Bas, Tuvia Halevi, then Rav Shom Meshavan Aliyah, Bimelitze Yisharm for their whole family, Adbiyas Goel Tzedek. Tonight's shir, and their shir on Sefer Bamidbar, are also sponsored by our good friend, Rabbi Isaac Yosulovsky, Le'iloi Nishmas, Isaac's father, Shabsi Ben Yitzchak Isaac, his Neshama Meshavan Aliyah, and Bimelitze Yisharm for their whole family, Abiyas Goel Tzedek. Tonight's shir is sponsored, firstly, uh, by my good friend Rab Kenny Pinsauer as Rafush Lema for his mother, Dina Bas Chana. And, of course, tonight's shir is sponsored by our very dear friends in Yushalayim, Mrs. Yehudit Herman, in memory of her beloved mother, Mrs. Harriet Pinchak Goldberg, Chaya Harriet Bas label, her third yard site is Tesvav Tamuz, which is already tonight. So on this occasion, we wish her that the Neshama should have an Aliyah. And of course, we know that the uh, Herman family, an illustrious family in Yushalayim. And I want to mention my dear friend, Rav Shmuel Herman, who's the Rosh Koilel of the Schattenstein Koilel in Yushalayim. So on this occasion, we wish that the Herman Mishpacha should have Simchas and Nachas. And we also wanted to mention that very important piece of information that Mrs. Herman's mother was able to see three great-grandchildren and five generations of descendants. And may the family continue the Simcha Uvenachas Arbias Goel Tzedek. Okay, now that we passed the first stage of the shir, we're going to have a test on that part. Okay. Um, so, firstly, now that the three weeks are coming up, if anybody does not yet have this very important book, The Darkness and the Dawn, you can get it right here. Or you could order it at artscroll.com. You want free shipping? Then you put in promo code Dawn Free, and you get free shipping. It's about the three weeks Shavasavatamos, Tishabav. Uh, so you say, what do I need? Mashiach is going to come. How are you going to read Megillus Eichel when Mashiach comes? You're going to need to know that. So don't think, I don't need it. Mashiach is coming. No, this is the book you need for when Mashiach comes. Then uh, we're going to start today's uh, subject. Tonight's topic is about the life and times of one of the great Rishonim, Rabbeinu Shmuel ben Rav Meir, otherwise known as the Rashbam. Say, well, last week we learned about Rabbeinu Tam, and I feel so close to Rabbeinu Tam because a couple of weeks earlier we learned about Rashi. Say, I want to connect with these people. How can I connect with them? Well, I was hoping you would ask that question. You could join us in about 10 days. We're going to France, and we're going to Rashi's Kever on his yard site, on Chavtes Tamuz. We're going to be visiting the city of Rashi's son-in-laws, Rashi's grandchildren in Ramarupt. We're going to be visiting the city of, Tru- of uh, Metz, where the Shagas Aryeh was a rav. 
We're going to be visiting uh, Strasbourg, which is the city of Reb David Sinsheim, the head of Napoleon Sanhedrin. We're going to be going to the south, where many of the Baleatoisus and many of the Chachme Lunil and Chach, the Chachamim of the south of, pra- of France live. So if you want to join us, we still have a spot on the bus for you. Okay, so let's begin learning about the Rashbam. I'd like to go. I'd like to go on the trip. Can I go on the trip? Um, Reb Sander, you're ready? We, we signed you up already. Okay. Uh, okay, great. So okay. I'll make sure. Anybody, any, if you, and, and for you and all of your friends. Um, okay, so the Rashbam was, of course, the grandson of Rashi. So we, we've, we're now up to the third generation of the house of Rashi. We spoke about Rashi. Uh, we have not yet spoken about Rashi's two son-in-laws. Rashi had two son-in-laws. Uh... Rashi had two daughters, Miriam. Miriam was married to the Rivan, and uh, her se- Rashi's second daughter, Yocheved, was married to Rabinu Meir, Rav Meir. And Rabinu Meir was otherwise known as Avi Harabanim, the father of the rabbis, which is a very uh, distinguished title. Now, Rav Meir was one of the Baliyat Hatoistus in his own right, but what Rav Meir is renowned for is Rav Meir had four great sons. All of them were in their own right. Last week we learned about the youngest, Rabbeinu Yaakov ben Rav Meir, Rabbeinu Tam. Actually, he wasn't the youngest. We're going to see he had a younger brother, but that younger brother was so much younger than him that Rabbeinu Tam always considered himself the youngest. And today we're going to learn about the oldest son of Rabbeinu Meir. His name was Rabbeinu Shmuel. So Rashi again had two daughters, Actually, Rashi had a third daughter as well, but she, her marriage was not successful, so we don't know much about her. I believe her name was Rachel, and her marriage uh, did not last. But Rashi's well-known two daughters, who actually were great scholars in their own right, Rashi's two daughters were Miriam and Yoichavet. Miriam, again, married to the Rivan. The Rivan is the one who picked up for Rashi in the end of Masech Damakois. And then, Rabinu Shmuel, the Rashbam. As uh, I'm sure we're f- familiar with the Rashbam, the Rashbam's commentary is found in the 10th parak of Psachim and Arve Psachim, also in the majority of Masechta Baba Basra. So let's begin with a story. It's always nice to start with a story, and this will give us a little bit of a glimpse and a little bit of a picture to understand the uh, life and times of the Rashbam. The Mordechai, in the end of the first parak of Erevin, be- uh, mentions... There are two things Rashbam wanted to do, and he was not successful in either of them. The first thing was, he, and the reason he was not successful is, God doesn't let tzaddikim slip up. He guards them from making an error. The first thing the Rashbam wanted to do, he wanted to let people drive cars on Shabbos. Actually get into a car on Shabbos. So you say they didn't have cars. All right, they didn't have cars, but they had wagons. He wanted to allow, uh, you know, like a Tesla. You know, let's say somebody else opens the door, you get in. I mean, a Tesla doesn't need a driver. You know, somebody puts in, okay, go here, and it drives on its own, basically. So the the Rajbam wanted to allow people to go onto wagons on Shabbos. They have mechitzos. What's the problem? It's already a self-enclosed area. But menashamayim, they did not allow him to issue this heter. And here's the second thing the Rashbam wanted to do. The Rashbam was Shafal Einayim. He kept his eyes down. When the Rashbam walked on the street, he didn't walk, you know, 
you know, so what's going on? Who's that guy across the street? What's going on? What's that sign on the bus? The Rajbam walked around with his eyes down. And because he walked with his eyes down, he had to take transportation sometimes. So there was a wagon in front of him. And the Rajbam didn't see he was being led by a horse and a mule, which is Klayim. And he was about to get into the wagon. He didn't realize. And a miracle happened. Someone stopped him. You know who stopped him? Rabbeinu Tam. <laughs> From last week. Rabbeinu Tam happened to be there. And Rabbeinu Tam, even though he had the utmost respect for his older brother, as we mentioned, uh, Rabbeinu Tam's primary Rebbe was the Rashbam, was his older, uh, older brother. Rashbam was at least 10 years older than Rabbeinu Tam. And Rabbeinu Tam said, Dear brother, don't be such a frummy. Don't be so religious. Don't be such a tzaddik. Al tihit tzaddik harbe. Lift up your eyes and look where you're going. You mean you can't just go on a wagon? What if it's a terrorist who wants to hijack you, wants to kidnap you? You can't just go on a wagon. Don't be such a tzaddik. Lift up your eyes. There's a horse. There's a ferd. There's a mule. And he didn't go. That's the story. So the, the Rashbam was going out. He was uh, walking. He needed to get on a wagon, and he had a dilemma. His practice is he doesn't look around. On the other hand, you know, you never know what kind of wagon he could be getting on. So the Rajram said, this is my practice. I'm not going to forego my practice of chasidus. I'm going to continue to keep my eyes lowered. I, it might be a pitfall. Baruch Hashem, a miracle happened. God saved him through the medium of Rabinu Tam. So the question is, if the Rashram was such a big tzaddik, why was he not concerned that the wagon that he would unknowingly go on might be led by a horse and a mule? After all, Goyim are not makbid on the laws of Klayim when they drive wagons. Right? Goyim, that's not one of their chumras. And, and when they go to their base Tiflos, the priest doesn't get up. You know, fellow Goyim, you really need to be more careful from getting into wagons with horses and, uh, and mules. They, they don't, that's not one of their things. That's not one of their things. Um, so the question is, why would the Rajbam sort of put his head in the sand and just head onto a wagon? Unknowingly, this is the kasha of Rav Nassan Gestetner, Rav Nassan Gestetner in the Sefer, Sichais Malava Malka. So he was giving a Malava Malka shir and he asked this question on the story brought by the Mordechai in Mesechta Erevin. So Rav Nassan Gestetner in his Sefer Sichais Malav Amalka and also in the Sefer Lahirais Nasan on Parshas Nasai says the following amazing approach. And it goes as follows. We've discussed in the Shurim over the years, I think we even had an Eon share when we were learning Mesechas Yivamais, this principle that God does not allow the righteous to stumble, is this, is this a absolute principle? Does God never allow the righteous stumble? That means righteous people can never sin. And yet, there are some righteous people that I've heard about that they've committed a sin or two in their life. For example, Toysus asks in Masech Shabbos that, Rabbi Hud, that the Gemara says Rabbi Nasan was told that you're not allowed to read by the light of the ner on Friday night. You're not allowed to read by the candlelight. And what did he do? He said, not a problem, I'll read, and I won't tilt. And he read, and he tilted. So they recorded in a document that uh, when Mashiach comes, he's going to bring a fat cow as a carbon chatos. Or Yehuda ben Tabai, he killed an Eid Zoymim. 
Or somebody in Yavama's side, Yavama base, tore a safer turn his anger. And it's interesting. There, the Gemara doesn't ask, what do you mean? God doesn't even allow the animals of the righteous to stumble, right? There's a principle. Ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu mevi takala al God does not even allow the animals of the righteous to stumble. So if you have an animal, and this is the animal of the righteous, he will, the animal of the righteous will not eat tevel. God will protect the animal from eating tevel. So sometimes in Shas, the Gemara asks, how could the, the tzaddik do an avera? God even protects the animal from stumbling. Certainly the tzaddik himself. Rabbeinu Tam said that the Gemara only asked this question by Yisurei Achila, by prohibited food. Because it's a big genai for a tzaddik to eat something that's not kosher. By the way, in Sefer Hayosha, Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu Tam says, Al Piracha Kodesh, the tzaddik will be margish, he's eating something that's not kosher and it will be very disturbing to him. So the Gemara will only challenge and say, well, God, doesn't God protect the righteous? God only protects the righteous from eating forbidden foods, not from desecrating Shabbos, and not from killing in Eitzoyimim, and not from ripping Sifrei Torah. So Toysos even asks, what do you mean, Rav Yirmiya once forgot and ate before Havdalah? So Toysos says, he ate kosher food. It was just at a prohibited time. It's like, you know, guys walk into shul with coffee. Now, the shul is not Starbucks, right? There's something called Starbucks. It's a coffee shop. And there's something called the shul. It's not like a thing, oh, I walk into shul with like a big cup of coffee or even a bottle of water. You know that Shabbos morning, once you daven Shabbos, you now drink water before Kiddush. You could be, you could be an astronaut. You could be about tefillah, about kaire. Can't drink water before Kiddush. Whatever you, you could be, I don't know what, you know, you're studying uh, cures. You can't, you can't eat before Kiddush. Tyson's asked. But this great rabbi drank before. Now you ought to drink water, I'll before Havdalah. That Rizal says you shouldn't, but may Ikra then you're allowed to drink water before not before Kiddush. Once you dive in Shachras. So a shul, it's not like, um, it's not a bar, it happens to be. A shul is not a bar, it's not a barn. But uh, you, you, you eat outside, and then you leave all your beverages and liquids and hydration outside the shul. And then you come into the shul and you pray to the Almighty. Those are these, there's, we have two locations in this. We have outside of the shul, that's for your personal needs. And we have inside of the shia, that's where you connect with the Lord. Okay, anyway, that was just a free public service announcement. So, so Rabbeinu Tam says... God will only protect the righteous from eating forbidden foods. God will not protect the righteous from eating permitted foods at the wrong time. That's Rabbeinu Tam Shita. In Masechta Baba Basra, we have a very interesting Gemara. The Gemara says like this, There was a guy who said to his friend, now the guy was a shchivmeira, he was seriously ill. He said, First my property is going to go to you, and then it's going to go to so-and-so. The The first recipient was an inheritor of the one who is giving it over to him. So the first recipient was an inheritor of the benefactor. 
So the first guy died, Shchav Rishain. When the first recipient died, also Sheni Kaltava, the second recipient came and said, I want it. Now, the, the inheritors of the first guy said, it's ours. So Rav Yilish thought to say, in the presence of Rava, Sheni Nami Shakal. The second guy should also get a, a share. Amalei, Rava said, it's, it's ridiculous. Only a Dayan who doesn't know how to judge will make that decision. Dayani de Chatzat Sahachi Dayana. Judges who compromise, they rule that way. What's a judge that compromises? A unlearned judge. Basically, a judge who doesn't know the halacha, he sits there, he strokes his beard, and he says, you know, I think you should split it. Meaning the guy doesn't never cracked open a chosh mishpah in his life. He has no, no, doesn't know any halacha. He figures, okay, let's split it. You know, that's what a judge that compromises is basically an amaretz gomor. Unless, you know, even though a dayan should always compromise, but that, he has to first know what the halacha is. Anyways, so Rabbi Elish got very embarrassed. So Rabbi said, don't worry, kari alei, Ani Hashem Shana. Rava read the Pasuk, I am God, I will hasten the Mashiach in its right time. Says Rashbam, what Rava was telling Rav Elish is, don't sweat it. That's why God sent me to you in the flash of time to correct you from making this unlearned psak. I bailed you out just right away. You're right, you made a mistake, but Hashem loves you, so He sent me to correct you so you shouldn't make an error. Why? Says the Rashbam, Ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mevi Takala Tzadikim. When Tzadikim meet a Yeshua, Hashem find, saves them just in a split second. So says Reb Nassim Gishtetner, from here we see there's a basic machlokis between the Rashbam and Rabbeinu Tam regarding the principle of Ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mevi Takala Tzadikim. How far does God go to save the righteous? Rabbeinu Tam says, Only food! You know, you go into a, a kosher restaurant. You say, I want to order the double burger with the faking, raking thing, whatever it's called, right? I want faking on my burger. Oh, sorry, sir, we're out of it today. It's a good thing they're out of it because that was no faking. That was mamish, that was main, that was the real thing. So Hashem will only save the righteous from food issues, says Rabbeinu Tam. The Rajbam, on the other hand, says, No, God will save someone even from making an improper decision regarding Psak Halacha. So even Rav Elish, who is about to award the second wrongful inheritor, was protected because of, of the principle, Enakadosh Baruch Hu Mevi Tzadikim. So we have this very interesting machlekes between Rabbeinu Tam and the Rajbam. Rabbeinu Tam says, You're only protected from eating cheeseburgers, food. And the Rajvam says you protect it from everything. So ah! Oh. Why, why do you say So it comes, says Rav Nassim Gestetner, the Machloikis, the Rabbeinu Tam and Rajvam, in the story where the Rajvam put his eyes down, is rather Rajvam and Rabbeinu Tam, Lishitase. They're going according to their, their Shita. The Rajvam, the question was, how could the Rajvam put his head down, but maybe he's going to end up on a on a Tesla red, led by a horse and a mule? The answer is he doesn't have to worry. The Rashbam knew he was a tzaddik. Like, you know, Rabbi Hanano writes that Rabbi Shimbar Yechoi knew he was a tzaddik. That's why he said, I could exempt the whole world from Midas Hadin. Because he knew he was a tzaddik. The Rashbam knew he was a tzaddik. So he knew he was a tzaddik. God's going to save him from eating cheeseburgers and from going on wagons with horses and mules. So Rashbam said, look, I always walk around with my eyes looking down. 
And I'm always careful because I don't want to see anything indecent. Should I put on my glasses and look around just to be careful? I don't have to do that. I'm a tzaddik. I don't have to worry. God will protect me from inadvertently getting onto horses and mule-led wagons. But Rabbi Tam said, you can't do that. Why? Because Rabbi Tam says, God only protects you from eating uh, food which is not kosher. So Rabbi Tam said, you can't be such a tzaddik. You need to keep your eyes open. You can't rely on the fact that God's going to protect you and save you from getting onto a wagon led by a donkey and a horse because you can't rely on that. God's not going to protect you from that. So the Rashbam, who holds God protects Sadiqim from any sin, felt that he had now. We see a very important principle from here. Namely, that it's not a good idea to be gawking and looking around and, and, you know, who's across the street. No. The practice of a genuine, aspiring to be righteous Jew is to keep their eyes to themselves. You ain't going to see anything that's going to improve your life. It's just going to want you. Want, it's just going to make you want more. Want something that you don't need, you don't have, or you can't get. You're always better just keeping the eyes and limited. Who's across the street? You'll never know. Now, don't worry. What you don't know it won't hurt you. So look how far the Rajbam went to maintain this practice. He made, he went so far that the Rajbam made the conscious decision to. Not look, even though it could be that he's going to get on a wagon with a mule and horse, and it was a wagon, the mule and horse, and Hashem had to change over the world and get Rabbi Tam over there to save his skin. Still, the Rashbam said, look, this is a very important practice. Now, I would have said that Rabbi Tam is still challenging the Rashbam. Rabbi Tam says, look, I know you feel that God protects the righteous from any sin, but that's only that if you do your due diligence, God will protect the righteous from inadvertently stumbling in any type of sin. But if you're going to be an ostrich and put your head in the sand, you can't rely on that if you're not doing your own hishtadlas. But anyway, this gives you a little bit of a picture of the, maybe the personalities of the Rashbam and Rabbi Tam. The Rashbam was a very righteous tzaddik, and that was his practice to always look down. Now, I want to share with you another story where maybe this Machlechus also plays a role, and that is the Chol of Yisrael. You know, in, in Europe, <laughs> you can't drink milk that's not Chol of Yisrael, because, uh, you know, you never know what kind of animal they're get, getting the milk from. You know, you can't, you can't rely on the government standards. In America, Ramosha has a Chidosh that... that uh, the companies would never want to violate the code and put in the milk from a different animal. That's Rav Moshe's Chiddush about Chal Yisrael. But there's still certainly a, uh, a uh, halacha, a chumrah of Chal Yisrael that a Jew has to be present at the time of the milking. Why? They have to be there the whole time? Do they have to be like watching every squeeze, both hands on the, on the, the cow? Imagine if... Um, the, the guy's about to squeeze, and there's wait, wait a second, I have a phone call. Okay, I'll hold it right here. You let me know when you come back. I mean, is the, the Jews watching the whole time? Or is it enough that the guy is scared that the Jew might walk in? I mean, we rely on the fact that uh, there's a mirsis, there's a fear. 
So what you think there's a Jew? There are five thousand rabbanim with long beards watching every single cow, every squeeze. They take a picture of every squeeze. No, there's a mashkiach. So that's a kula. So the story goes: This is brought in the Chuvas Subsakim of the Rihazakim. That what did the Rabbeinu Tam do for a living? Who remembers? How many businesses did Rabbeinu Tam have? Last week's year, he had three businesses. Number one, he was a vendor. He he uh, dealt in wine. Number two, he's a banker. He lent money, and he also dealt in goats. He was a goat dealer. That's very hush of a job. He was a goat dealer. Anyway, the Rashbam had a lot of goats. And we don't know much about the family of the Rashbam. We don't know about his children, except from the, for this tshuva, where the Rashbam sent his daughter. And his daughter's name was Maruna, or Marina. That was her name. And he sent her, go, Marina, go check out the cow, just check out the goats. Now, poor Marina had to deal with 500 goats, so you think she... By the time she got there, half of them were milked already. And she can't get to all the goats. And Rabbeinu Tam gave it to the Rashbam. He said, what do you think? This is Chal of Yisrael. Because you sent one little girl, Marina, and she's going to oversee all the cow, all the goats? No, no, no. It's too big. It's too much for one person. And plus, you're going to send Marina out into the field among the Goyim. You, what do you think? Well, is that responsible? So maybe to that, the Rashbam would say, and my friend, Rabbi Yossi Farbas, whatever, Rashbam would say, it's also the Shittaseh. Rabbi Tam says, God doesn't save the Tzadikim from, He only saves the Tzadikim from eating forbidden foods. He doesn't save the daughters of Tzadikim from uh, possible danger. Maybe the Rashbam would say, no, God, God protects the animals of the Tzadikim. He protects the family of the Tzadikim. But anyway, this was another uh, very interesting machloikis between Rabbeinu Tam and the Rashbam. And pretty much we rely on the Rashbam's kula. That you have a Jew there, and there's some kind of mirsis that the, the Jew could catch them. That would be sufficient for Chal um, Bisram. Now I'm going to share with you probably the most well-known and powerful words that we have from the Rashbam. And these are the opening words of the Rashbam on Parshas Vayeshev. We actually once gave a shear just on this passage of the Rashbam. But the Rashbam says something uh, really remarkable. And the Rashbam captures his entire approach to how to learn Chumash in these couple of lines. The Rashbam says that anybody who appreciates the intellect will understand that there's a principle called Ein Mikra Yoitzei Midei Pshutai. The Pasuk always has a literal, literal and basic inter- interpretation. Even though that's not the main approach to Torah. The main approach to Torah is not the literal, basic approach. Because most of the halachas of the Torah are being taught through illusion, Haggadah, Drush, the 13 hermeneutic principles of exegesis, the 32 principles of exegesis of Rabbi Lezer, Benoish, Rabbi Yossi, Haglili, and says the Rajbam, the Rishonim, because of their righteousness, they only learn Jerushais. Now you look in the Gemara, all the halachas in the Gemara are based on Jerush. The Gemara never says, okay, let's analyze this episode in the Chumash based on the 
logical, intellectual approach. That's not done in the Gemara. The Gemara never does. It's always based on drashas. And says Rashbam, that's correct. The Iker Torah is a drasha. But the Rishonim, because they were so righteous, they only focused on the drashas, which are the Iker, and they never trained themselves in the art of Oimek HaPshat. In other words, Torah is a building, and the ground floor is the level called Oimek HaPshat. I would say the Ibn Ezra is Oimek HaPshat. By the way, you know, sometimes you have a Machlikis Rashi in the Ramban. And Rashi says a uh, pshat in the Pasuk, and the Ramban asks five questions, and the Ramban says Rashi's wrong. I mean, Rashi's wrong, Rashi's quoting a medrash. The medrash was given on Harsina, I have to Rashi be wrong. The Ramban doesn't mean Rashi's wrong. What the Ramban means is that's not the basic level of understanding. That's not the pshat. It's one of the maybe higher levels, but it's not the pshat. There's something called oimek hapshat. And says the uh, Rashbam, and the reason why the Rishonim were not really proficient in Oymek Hapshat is because the Gemara says in Brachos, don't train your children to be academic. Or the Gemara says that those who learn Chumash, it's okay, it's pretty good, it's not like learning Gemara. And therefore, they don't really know Mikra Pashib Shad and the Psukim. That's why the Gemara says in Shabbos that an Amara said, I was 18 years old, I never knew in Mikra Yotzimidei Pshutai. Even my Zayda, who is the Zayda of the Rashbam? Rashi. Even my grandfather, Rabbeinu Shloimoi, Avi Imoi, my mother's father, the light of the exile, he explained Torah, Nevi'im, Ksuvim, he tried to say Pshat. And I told him, me, Shmuel, the son of Meir, I told him, I argued with him, this is not Pshat, this is Drush. And Rashi said, you're right. Rashi said, if I had time, I would do what you said. Now, I don't think Rashi really agreed. I think what Rashi meant was, Rashi, of course, held that what he wrote on the Chumash was his definition of Pshat. And what constitutes the... Torah's definition of Pshut Shemikra. After all, Rashi says in Bereshis Parak Gimel, Pasuk Yudchas, Ba'ani Laibasi Elah L'Pshut Shemikra. But Rashi agreed there might be an even more basic level than Pshat, and Rashi said, I don't have time to write that. But Rabbeinu Shmuel, the Rashbam, so to speak, paved a new pathway in understanding the Chumash. Basically, when you see a story, and there are people today who I would say, they focus on Pshutoi Shalmikra, and you say, where'd they get that from? That's not like the Gemara, that's not like the Medrash. But this is more along the approach of the Rashbam. The Rashbam sort of paved this new avenue, this new approach. And the Rashbam said, you can analyze the story in Chumash, don't bring in Gemaras, don't bring in Midrashim, ask logical questions, study it analytically, and you are entitled to say an intellectual baseline interpretation, even if it's against the Gemara and the Halacha. Not that we're going to pask in that way, but that's a level, it's one of the 70 faces of the Torah. What's amazing is the Rashbam seemed to do that to Gemara as well. I'm going to give you an amazing uh, illustration. You know, in the first Mishnah on Baba Kama, how many types of Nazikin are there? Arba, 
Avais Nazikin. What are they? Hashar, the Habar, Hamave, the Haver. All the Rishonim ask, it's out of order. Bar comes last. Why is it Shar and Bar? Also, in the end of the Mishnah, it says, Loi Hare Hashar Kahare Ha'esh. What's Esh? Hever. So, why in the beginning is it called Hever and the end of the Mishnah is called Esh? And Toysis talks about this and all the Rishonim talk about it. So, Rashbam says the simplest trap. This is like, this so captures the approach of Rashbam. Rashbam asks, all the Rishonim asks, it should be Shar and Bar in the end. He says, Rashbam, no. Bar rhymes with Shar. Shar, Bar. I mean, if you're writing a Mishnah, and you want people to remember it, and you're trying to give symmetry, what are you going to do? Shar, Mav, Hever, Bar? No, Shar, Bar. It rhymes. It's a similar word. It has a similar sound. Ah, of course it's Eish. But in the it says Mave. So next to Mave, you want to say a word that sounds like Mave. Hever. That's why it said Hever. Because it's the same Havara. It's the same type of word. It's the same sound of the word. So again, this is like the Marsha's, this is like the Rajbam's approach to Chumash, utilizing it on the Mishnah and the Gemara. Very interesting. It's like Pshutoy Shal Gemara. Nobody else came up with the Toysus never came up with, yeah, you know why it's Shar Bar? Because it rhymes. But why not? You know, that's like a basic uh, Shar Bar. Very interesting, the uh, Rabbeinu Tam revered his older brother, the Rashbam, even though he told him off not to keep your eyes down on the floor. He told him off about Chal Bisral. He said, you know, my grandfather Rashi changed the girsa on the Gemara very infrequently, and my older brother, the Rashbam, you know, God should forgive him, but he's constantly changing the girsa. and why does he write so long? It's so long. By the way, you know, Mesechta Baba Vasra is not the longest Mesechta, by far not. Brachas is much longer than Baba Vasra. In terms of words of Gemara, yeah, but Brachas has Rashi and Baba Vasra has the Rashbam. You know, 176 blad. A hundred of the blad are the Rashbam. Baba Vasra is not the biggest Masechta. Not by far. There are many Masechtas bigger than Baba Vasra. The thing is, take a look. You know, most of the page is the Rashbam. And the Rashbam is changing the Girsa. And that was a problem for a number of reasons. One of them is beyond the scope of this year, which is more of a historical reason, and that is because uh, changing the Gersa and the Gemara led to a very common practice back in the day, and that is Bible criticism. Because to the Jews, the one thing that's sacred is the text. You can't tamper with the text. Tampering with the text could be very dangerous. But the Rashbam, despite his humility, he was all very strong-minded. He criticizes all the Rishonim in their approach to Chumash, including his grandfather Rashi, he says what they're doing is Hevel, Shtos, Upshatim, Shel Armumios. And this was not coming from, uh, this was coming from one of the great Sadikim and Anovim, but at the same time, very interesting. Now this is, uh, this is also uh, something very important. We're, we're coming up on Shavasubatamas. Shavasubatamas, the Navi says, Tzayim Haravi, Tzayim HaChamishi, Tzayim HaShvi, Tzayim HaSuri, Yiyeh LeBeis Yehuda, V'sasayinu L'Simcha, U'lamayadim Toivim, V'ha'emes, V'ha'shaloyim, E'havu. Truth and love, truth and peace will love each other. 
By the way, Rav Shamshin Rafael Hirsch, when he would sign his name, would sign his name, Ms because that was the principle of Rosh Hashanah first comes truth and then comes peace not vice versa you don't bend you don't peace is not the ultimate goal the ultimate goal is truth truth comes first and then you work on the peace and that is the tefillah of the Rashbam we have a tshuva of the Rashbam the Rashbam really this was uh, the ma- mantra of Rosh Hashanah he also the Rashbam's approach to Torah was Hakadosh Baruch Hu. If you look in the number eleven, Vayete Lenu Chesed Leftoyach Lano Archos Chaim. God should open up for us the pathways of life. Lahamit Reglaynu B'Mishar Ladas Ha'Emes V'Lehayv Hashalim. God should allow us to know the truth and to love peace, but not vice versa. I'll ask you an interesting question to think about. In Megillas Esther, it says. There it says, peace and then truth. Okay. Now, the Rashbam, despite his illustrious grandfather, the Rashbam said, in the presence of Rashi. The Rashbam paskined in front of Rashi. Look at number 14. The Mordechai quotes that the Rashbam gave this psak in front of his his grandfather Rashi. This was absurd. The Rashi was standing right there, and the Rashbam gave a psak halacha. So we have the Rashbam's perush on Baba Basra from Chavtesam and Aleph. But don't think the Rashbam only wrote on that. The Rashbam, look at number thirteen, writes um, later on in the Masechta. He said, "I already explained this in the second parak." What do you mean already explained? We only have the Rashbam from Chavtes Anan. No, the Rashbam wrote on the whole Masechta. The Rashbam wrote on the whole Shas. If we would have the Rashbam's Perish on Shas, the Daf Yoimi would be as long as the, oh, as, as the Daf HaShavua. Right? That's how long it would take to learn Shas. You know, Shas is only seven years because uh, we have Rashi on the majority of Shas. And just, uh, just to finish up... Um, the, a little bit more about the family and the house of Rashi. We have a letter here from Rabino Tam. Rabino Tam expresses his grief and his sorrow. He says, The light of my eyes are no longer with me because the Arain Kaidesh, the Holy Ark, has been taken away, and that is my great brother, Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak was the second brother. Rabbi Yitzchak was the Rivam. Throughout Shas, Baba Kama, Baba Basra, Rivam, Hiksha Rivam. That was the Rashbam's second brother. So the Rashbam, Rivam, Rabbeinu Tam, and we're going to see Rabbeinu Shmuel. And, excuse me, and Rabbeinu... Um, Rabbeinu Shloimai. Rabbeinu Shloimai. So, um, in this letter... The Rabbeinu Tam mourns the loss of his second brother, the Rivam. The Rivam left over seven Yisoyimim. Who's going to take care of them? Rabbeinu Tam took care of them. He has all three family businesses. He's the winemaker, he's the banker, he's the goat man, 
and he supported basically the entire family, including his brothers, seven Yisoyim. And Rabbeinu Tam talks about how painful it was that when he used to talk and learning to Rabbeinu Yitzchak, his, his second brother, it was Smechim Kinesinasan Misinai. And then he talks about, he says an interesting historical point, that Rabbeinu Shmuel spent time with Rashi in Troyes. When Rashi passed away, Rabbeinu Shmuel went to Rabbeinu Meir city in Ramarapt. And then later on, Rabbeinu Tam says that he's not, uh, he's not with us anymore. He visited the city of Cain, he went to the city of Paris, and uh, further. Now there was a fourth brother. That was, as we mentioned, Rabbeinu Shloimai. We don't really know much about Rabbeinu Shloimai. Rabbeinu Shloimai specialized in Hebrew grammar, in uh, Piyutim, and he was the youngest of uh, all the brothers. So even though Rabbeinu Tam considers uh, himself the youngest, but that's only because that's um, relative to the Rashbam and the Rivam, but Rabbeinu Shloimai was really the youngest son of Rabbeinu Meir. Again, Rabbeinu Meir is known as Avi Haravanim. He's the father of all these four great rabbis. So, just in closing, I want to share with you something that is reported in a very obscure sefer. It's called Shar Hechatzer of Rav David ben Shemayim. In some of the Nusuch Svar Sadurim they have by the Lashem Yichud, they say a phrase, B'Shem Kol Yisrael. Sound familiar? They have Svar Sadurim here in the Shul? Does that sound familiar? You have to say something like that? B'Shem Kol Yisrael. In the name of all of Israel. Okay. We were able to dig up from an ancient artifact, a Svarad Siddur. Thank you. I think in the Shem Yuchod, they have something like that. Shem Yuchod, B'Shem Kol Yisrael. What does that mean, B'Shem Kol Yisrael? I'm putting on Tzitzis, B'Shem Kol Yisrael. So, the Rashbam, when he was on his deathbed, he said, everyone leave the room. And everyone left the room. And he called his most trustworthy student. And he gave him over the secrets of Torah. And he said as follows, When you give money to tzedakah, you give a certain amount, and you want God to be pleased with your action. So after you give your donation, you give $100, then what I want you to do is add one coin and say quietly to yourself, this one coin I'm giving B'Shem Kol Yisrael on behalf of the whole Jewish people. And whenever you say a tefillah, and whenever you do a mitzvah, you should always have in mind, you're doing it not only for yourself, but for all of Israel. So it's interesting. This little thing that Nusach Ashkenaz does not say. Now, the Rashbam dav Nusach Ashkenaz. And the Rashbam never said L'Shem Yichud in his life. Nevertheless, and he wouldn't. Neither did Rashi, neither Rabbeinu Tam, or any of the hundreds of Bali Atoisis that we follow. But the idea of B'Shem Kal Yisrael was brought to this world through the Rashbam. Now, the Rashbam, uh, based on this, the Sefer Shachatur says like this. It says, Nasoin Titen, you should surely give tzedakah. You shouldn't feel bad when you give it. Because of this matter, God will bless you. And the question is, why would I feel bad? I'm giving this luck, why would I feel bad? It means like this, I already gave a hundred dollars. 
Why do I need to give one more dollar? Maybe this is the Makar of Sephardim, I give 101. Where's 101? So they gave 100. But I give one more, don't feel bad when you give that extra gift. Why? Because of that extra gift that you're giving, B'Shem Kol Yisrael, that's where the bracha comes from. This was the Chiddush of the Rashbam on his deathbed. This is the third generation of the Balei Hatoisvis. And uh, maybe in future Shurim, we're going to speak about the fourth and fifth generation. I think we're going to do it on maybe the next Fridays or so. And I think the last year on the subject, we have to go back to Rashi. Because as much as we think we know about Rashi, we haven't even begun to uncover who Rashi was, what was the root of his soul, and uh, we're going to uncover really um, unbelievable Giluyim. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful evening. When is that? You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.